Hello, I'm Stephanie Belcher. And I'm Del Belcher, and welcome to Learn, Learn to, to Like, like each, each Other. So, once upon a time, in a very, in a land far, far away, at, but like last week, far away, Del, <laughs> Del is signaling me that I'm too far away from the mic, so let me. Okay. Oh yeah, there's is that better? That. Is that get, good for you? Here's the thing: we got to get those tight P's and S's and those dynamics that come only from being like all up on the microphone. So we're gonna have a real moment, guys. P's come in closely. Mm-hmm. We had to rename the podcast if we were ever gonna get famous. We did. We did. So such a cute name, adorable. It was so cute and adorable. That there were 15 of us. Listen, we were two peas in a podcast for two years. And I think for a normal podcast. That's a good time. 111 episodes. Two whole friggin' years. And we did a really good job. But you're right. Like we say two peas in the podcast and there would be like. There's literally 100 podcasts named that. That's because it's such a cute name. And so the breaking moment happened when I had. Another person say, wait, which one are you? Wait, which one of the peas? And I was like, we're never going to get famous sponsors like Sizzler. Squarespace. And and Squarespace. And Stamps.com. So we thought, let's do this over again. And one day we'll be the most famous podcast in the world. Think of it like a season two. (laughs) Each season has 111 episodes. That's right. It's like an anthology series, like an American Horror Story, where it's all the same actors, just a different thing. Yeah, that's right. But the same thing. Uh, So welcome to Learn to Like Each Other. Del, (laughs) how are you? I'm so good. Uh, But I want to start off our new us, start off the new us in the new year with um, a PSA. A very important PSA. Stephanie... Riddle me this. Have you ever been on the internet? Yes. I was going to say unfortunately, but there's good and bad. Okay. Well, I just had to... I'm not here to drag this person. Drag them. I'm, I'm not... Relentlessly. No, because it's a PSA. Because... So I, I came across this BuzzFeed story, which BuzzFeed has everything from like White House correspondence to stupid yeah, news about BuzzFeed butts. news. I used to know the history of BuzzFeed because the person that started it is real good at what they do. I was introduced to Buzz, BuzzFeed when I was in college where you just would submit like stupid memes and then it developed into this like worldwide news thing. Anyway, it's true. I feel like if we went back to that timeline, BuzzFeed wasn't started then, but I'm overthinking it. Was. It. Please, it was. Please, please, please continue. Um, so this is about a, a, a 18-year-old Michigan woman named Kylie Griswold. Okay. And, uh, I'm listening. The So the headline says, A teen learned a valuable lesson about oversharing on social media after her saga <laughs> with her cheating ex went viral. And here I am thinking like, oh, this is going to be some cool story because like these stories get shared all the time through yeah. on, you know, they go viral, whatever. And there's always something like a funny twist or some weird thing where someone's like, oh, no, or something. It was a joke or okay. whatever. But the moral of the story is basically, so here's what happens. She, her, she finds out her boyfriend is cheating on her. Sorry. So she yep. hacks into his Snapchat and posts on his story, like from him saying like, me and my girlfriend, we were so happy until I, you know, cheated, cheated on her, blah, 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 blah. And then she posted a tweet saying, this is my, my boyfriend cheated on me. So I logged into his snap and posted these stories, XOXO, enjoy. And that tweet 
has scrolling, like sixty nine seventy thousand. Okay. Shares, likes, whatever. And then she was getting hassled. Like people were like, "Oh yeah, boo, blah blah blah." And then then ragging on him because they're like, "He's a three, you're a ten. He did you a favor." Blah blah blah. Yeah, blah blah blah. And then she. And then a couple days later, she took him back, and people then started dragging her for taking him back. And then what boggles my mind is that what do you, the summary of the story he was fake the whole time no oh, the okay. summary of the story is she's like yeah i guess you shouldn't share your personal stuff on social media like that like i had no idea like listen lady psa for the world if you're on the internet everyone can see everything and everything could go viral and to think that you can just go online and share whatever and no one's gonna know that's insane pause that's the whole pause. the whole story does this frustrate you because you do social media for your job? It frustrates me because, like, listen, people, has anyone ever been on the internet? Have you ever made a post? And, like, where do you think these people come from? Where do you think your internet goes when you post it on social media? Well, I wonder when she did it what she thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because you wouldn't post that unless you saw someone was going to see it and you're going to get attention for it. Yeah. So it was probably just the level of attention. She wanted attention, but yeah, she didn't want, and then she apologized. And then like later she's like, I'm done. Like I just, I didn't realize I shouldn't post so much personal stuff on social media. And I'm just like, come on people. Like that's just, how old is she? 18. How do you not know that? Like, what do you think social media is? I think you're right. Like you want attention. But she just got more than she wanted. But then but then to write a story in it to be like, here's the story. The moral of the story is she just posted too much on the Internet. I think she's not the first. I, I feel like this is a tale as old as the Internet itself. Yeah. Or it's a tale as old as fame. Because mm. I feel like a lot of people want a certain level of attention. Mm-hmm. But then when it goes beyond what they think it is and the consequences of it. You know, maybe this is going back to us renaming this podcast. Maybe. Well, maybe this is a foreshadowing of things. Well, if that's the case, she went from 60 to 9,000 followers on Twitter. And it's just like, I guess I shouldn't post that private stuff on the internet. It's like, yeah. PSA, no duh. No regerts. No regerts. That just really bites my butt. Is that a saying? I'm just impressed that you're worked up. Like, that wouldn't work me up at all. I wouldn't even read I the story. I'm, and you're at a 10. I'm worked up because it's so dumb and there's no, like, moral to the story because the moral of the story is something that's, like, I feel like that comes, like, when you get the internet, it's like, be careful what you post. It's sort of like a given. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Have you ever had anything like that go viral online? No, the most viral thing I've ever happened was a tweet I had about The Bachelor that got a lot of likes. <laughs> it was a big day for me. So that's what I'm all worked up about. I just want people to know this new episode. Be careful what you post. Uh, so, yeah. That's that. I, I, yeah. Good Stephanie, words of are, wisdom. Stephanie, what about you? What's new with you these days? Well, the only thing that I wanted to talk to, about was this. Well, I guess it's totally one-sided, but... We watched the documentary on Hulu about Dr. Ruth. Mm -hmm. Ask Dr. Ruth. And a while ago, back when we were two peas in a podcast Mm. so long ago, we, (laughs) I think in episode 10, a long, long time ago, we talked about whether 
Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, was mm-hmm. a sniper. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yes. And there, that's why he wore sweaters because he had like, he was all tatted up. Some sniper's eye. <laughs> well, I think what happened somewhere in American folklore. So, Dr. Ruth, if you don't know, 4-7, short Jewish Holocaust survivor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her parents died in the Holocaust, and she was, as a child, sent to Sweden. Switzerland. She, Switzerland, thank you. They're, they're like the same, basically, though, but so it's okay. Yeah, they're always neutral. <laughs> anyway, one has good furniture. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> fast forward uh, to when she grew up, she became a sex therapist, and then she was on TV. She's that old, fun woman that's like your grandma that gives you sex advice without judgment. I only remember her. I stumbled across her sometime on TV, and there was like this old lady speaking with a very thick German accent, and she had one of those like sketch dolls for like art class. Yeah. Those wooden guys, and they were like bending them all in these different positions, talking about it made me feel very awkward as like a 12 year old. <laughs> well, and I remember somehow finding her stuff in college and seeing an episode or two. Mm hmm. The sniping comes in because (laughs) I think we should look at timelines to confirm, but I think her and Mr. Rogers had some overlap and somehow they got confused because Dr. Ruth was the sniper. Yeah, she was a sniper for like the Israeli military when they were first having like their settlement and stuff. Which is even more amazing than Mr. Rogers because she is a very little person. So it just the story got told and one kindly old person got traded out for another kindly old person and who do you think would win in a fight? Dr. Ruth or um Mr. Rogers may he rest in peace. I don't even that's not fair. <laughs> They're both wonderful people in their own right. I can't square them who off. Who would win in a kindness off? Oh, probably Mr. Rogers, mm-hmm. but she is also a very kind person. It's a really good documentary. And both of them kind of did something amazing where they brought a subject to the forefront and made people think mm-hmm. and talk about yeah, it. Yeah, Mr. Rogers was about like children as people. Yeah. <laughs> we should talk to children like people uh, and bringing and then she was sex. Yeah. She was like the first uh, two peas in a podcast uh, whatever we are now in our name learn to like each other. Yeah. 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 We are her. Uh, let's not. Right? I can't. No? Too much. Too much? Yeah. Okay. Well, what was your what was your biggest takeaway from the documentary? I think to what I like the most about her is in spite of trauma and terrible things, you can be a positive person mm-hmm. that does great things in your life. Mm-hmm. How about you? Ooh, yeah, it was, I think just her drive, like, I had a bad day when I ate a bad burger and my tummy hurt, and she, like, had no family from the age of 10 and survived the Holocaust, and then all this bad stuff is really sad, 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 yeah, trauma. Really sad trauma, and then she just, like, makes it work, and I'm sure she has some sadness deep, and she talked about that a little bit. But she's really made the most out of her opportunity. Yeah. Um, and I I know that uh, it's like, wow, I just ate a funky burger. I should probably <laughs> stop complaining. Um, so that was it was just a kind of an encouragement to just kind of keep keep going, you know, keep moving, keep going, keep trying new things and, you know, find your passion and make it happen. Well, what? Yeah, it was good. 
recommended. Yeah. Yeah. And or, it's good for a relationship podcast. I'm surprised we haven't really talked about Dr. Ruth before. Yeah. I don't know how she hasn't come up. Hmm. Eh, we could do something on she her. She wrote a new book. Let's check it out, maybe. She's got tons of books. It's, she has a very impressive life. Would you call her prolific? For sure. Pro, for sure, prolific. Well, if you are uh, unaware, our listening friends, we're going to keep some similar format to uh, former P2Ps in a podcast, So, uh, which means Stephanie is going to bring to your ears the latest and greatest in relationship research, and we're going to break it down like it's never been broken before. It's true. And uh, you're, you're going to learn a thing or two, and I'm very excited about this. I am as well. You know, before we <laughs> called this the split, because it was something for peas. But we don't really have a new name for it, so this let's is just, just it. This is now the podcast. This is the podcast. This is going to help you learn to like each other. Yeah. So yeah. research, take it on there. Blah blah blah. Stuff stuff. Content content. Mm-hmm. Yep. There it is. Beautiful. All right, Stephanie. Well, let me <laughs> let me have it. So last week we talked about grudges. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got one, two, three, four, or ten. Mm-hmm. And then when I was doing research on grudges, I found that there was a thing called the Stanford Forgiveness Project. Really? Do you remember that? Yes. And it's kind of great that gr- research on grudges leads to research on forgiveness. I feel like those two are like close relate- related. I had a funny thought when I was looking at this. I was going, I wanted to mention not related to the Stanford prison experiment, <laughs> although could be. Yeah. Oh. Google it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but the meat of this comes from two websites, but I'm going to mention uh, both of them in case you want to look them up. But uh, the second one is greatergood.berkeley.edu, and it's Berkeley's website. But the one that I want to recommend is learningtoforgive.com, and that's kind of the basis for the Stanford Forgiveness Project. I feel like that's a very explicit um, URL, very specific. Good search, good SEO on that one. I will. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of quality websites, I was expecting something much better better to be honest (laughs) however like visually it's not Mm -hmm. what i expected but con the content is good the visuals are poor Mm -hmm. in terms of today's website to be to be fair i i work at a college and i will say that the academic folks love good content lots of words but they do not get paid to make good looking things yeah that's our job in the marketing department so i understand i don't know what their resources are it makes sense to me when i look at their website what was the name stan stan for stanford i don't know what they've been up to (laughs) hey it's not his job to make websites he's researching forgiveness get your pope in a group stanford (laughs) anyway um so those are the two main drivers of this but the person that started this project is Dr. Frederick Luskin. Mm. And if you search his name, he has books on forgiveness. He's got, we listened to one of his videos on forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And he's got a bunch of other ones. He's like the Dr. Ruth of forgiveness. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's Taller. True. Taller, not a sniper. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so his job as of today is he's a senior consultant Ooh. at Stanford, and he's the director of the Stanford Forgiveness Project. And if you look him up, he says his main thing that he does is he hosts workshops on forgiveness. 
And then he, for the Stanford Forgiveness Project, what they do is they coordinate all these workshops on forgiveness, but then they do a ton of research on forgiveness. And they were really mm. one of the first groups or collectives that tried to do this. Do you think that anyone who works for this, this uh, Forgiveness Institute has a hard time in a day-to-day life when someone like ticks them off at Starbucks. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> as part of the interview process, like what do they do to make sure they just you like can... follow you around all day? Like they get your order wrong. And you're just like, I forgive you. Like, what's you... The... I feel like the turnover in this department has to be zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and so upset me. Well, well, they're still probably like the chillest, nicest, most forgiving <laughs> group of people ever. Right? They have to be. My standards for them are so high. <laughs> very high. Uh, but some of the research that they've done recently was really big stuff. So think of they've done research on how people can forgive after really collective, large, tragic events. And a few that they listed were the events after 9-11 and how people Ooh. were able to forgive after that. And then events in Northern Ireland and also Sierra Leone. So not guy being a jerk in the line at Starbucks. This is like big, big stuff. Well, I mean, (laughs) how how much of a jerk was he? But (laughs) sorry, I feel like that that was insensitive. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But they are doing uh, stuff that's less grand of a scale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the reason that Dr. Luskin got into this was because he says that at one point in his life, he had been hurt really badly and he was struggling to get over it. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to look into forgiveness and what he'd have to do to overcome that. That's a lot of drive, you know? Yeah, I think so. Uh, So he was the first person that really started to study forgiveness. And when he started, there were a few things that he found off. Found out, found off, found out, found off, found out, (laughs) (laughs) that he realized right Mm -hmm. off the get, I don't know, is that a term? Right off the bat? I, the window is open and I keep seeing people walking by and it's distracting me. Here. Yeah. Okay. Window, window check. Off the get is a new one. Off the get. Okay, great. (laughs) I think it's a word now at least or a term. So for forgiveness, no one really understood why it might be important to study that. (laughs) It is it is interesting that no one until recently has really done a lot of study because it's a it's a big part of life, I think. (laughs) Well, it is now. It is now. And so his research has helped to show how learning to forgive helps people hurt less, experience less anger, feel less stress and suffer less depression. Yeah, I, f- I do feel like there's been research that we've done in the past that correlates forgiveness to health and things yeah. like that, but we've never done it exactly that it is forgiveness that, you know, sp- yeah. specific. It's that people that forgive do this, but it's not focused on the forgiveness part. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So this is cool. I like this. And learning to forgive has also helped decrease back aches, tum-tum aches. What? Dizziness and muscle tension. Dizziness? Yeah, apparently. Wow. I wonder if you have to forgive for being so dizzy. Is that... I'm sorry. I'm so dizzy. I'm so, just forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, we were ta- I was kind of telling you about this earlier, and I said, I don't feel like there's ever any magic bullets for anything. I, mean, mm-hmm. I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, too, but... Mm-hmm. If there's a magic bullet I'm seeing, 
that ties together how to help with mental illness and some physical illness, forgiveness seems to be it. Yeah. Not that you shouldn't get medical treatment and get your vaccines. Well, just like relationship stuff. Like, yes, you need boundaries. However, for all the little junk, like the forgiveness aspect is huge. Because if you're just holding on to grudges about every single little thing, it's going to... It'll give you backaches and make you very dizzy. Yeah, tum-tum aches. So tell us about this. How does forgiveness do this? Well, so the websites that I mentioned go on to say that the most important question we can probably ask is why don't we forgive if it's so good for us? Yeah. Why don't we? Why? Mm-hmm. So is, I think everyone agrees or can agree that forgiveness is good. Why don't we do it? I don't know. I think it's hard because we don't want to because we're mad. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Uh, So Dr. Luskin says there's kind of two main reasons. Mm -hmm. And the first reason is it's really simple. No one has taught us how. Hmm. Yeah. It's hard to do things you don't know how to do. I would agree. Like shooting a basketball, making cookies, forgiving other people. Top three. Mm -hmm. In that order. And so religion, most religions say, hey, forgiving people is good. Yeah, I learned that a lot. I feel like I have too, but I haven't heard anyone say, forgive, and then say, and now here's how. Like, And like, what does that mean? Does it mean forgive and forget, or forgive and never forget, or no boundaries, or what is that mean just to say i forgive you like what next so to your point the second reason why people don't forgive is that no one has really taught us what forgiveness is and what it isn't Hmm. and so a lot of people don't really take the time to heal from the physical and emotional pain that occurs after they've been wronged Hmm. oh yeah i'm that i i can see that And so, first and foremost, to define it, forgiveness doesn't mean at all that you condone whatever happened to you. Mm, Okay. I think that's the other something that people, like, if I say I forgive you, it means that what you did is okay. Yep. And he's saying that's that's not not what forgiveness is. That's not it. Okay. And it also doesn't mean that you have to reconcile with whomever hurt you. Okay. Doesn't mean we're cool. And I think that's where the boundary part comes in, is that mm. you can be forgiving, but that doesn't mean you got to hang out at TGI Fridays. <laughs> I thought you were going to say TJ Maxx. I'm like, weird, oh, TJ place, Maxx. weird place to hang out, but I get it. TGI Maxx. TGI Maxx. French fries and discount skirts. Oh, Stephanie, forget this podcast. I know. <laughs> Let's Shark Tank this bad boy out of here. <laughs> uh, and then he has a really, really good quote about this. <clears throat> Forgiveness and justice are not the same. Forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same. Forgiveness and condoning are not the same. I think that's why people don't forgive because they want justice and it's thought that justice is forgiveness. I think you're right about that too. Like that's one part that doesn't really come up in this is there is a, I feel like in the United States we have this really strong sense of they have hurt me. I want something terrible to happen to them. I deserve justice. I deserve justice. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't really talk about that in what I've read, but 
he's got a bunch of books. I mean, it's in there. I think he doesn't because he's like, well, forgiveness is what matters the most. Yeah. Not necessarily even justice. Yeah. Hmm. Because it's about you and feel, doing better. Um. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything else to add to that part, but um. Last week, what we talked about was grudges, mm-hmm. and then I gave, I think, a six-step or five-step model on forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, now he has a nine-step model. Whoa! I usually stop at eight steps, so I will, f- because it's a new season of our show, I will forgive you, and we can, forgiveness, and uh, we'll do nine steps, that's fine. Well, and so I feel like if you're having a lot of troubles in your life, you know, See your doctor, talk to your therapist, whatever. But if you only listen to one thing ever, mm-hmm. this might this might be it. Really? Yeah. Is that good. This got good of a nug. Send this to your friends. If this is one thing you want to do to change your life, write this down. I think my life is pretty good, but I'm yeah. always looking to make it better. So I am open and willing and ready to listen. So his easy nine okay, nine steps is a lot, I think. Like I kinda lose people by five. I'm like, wow, like you're on six already. But I think these could be helpful to a lot of people. Okay. So the first step is that you need to know exactly how you feel about what happened. And you need to be able to talk about the situation and know that it wasn't okay that that happened to you. Hmm. Okay. And then as part of that step, what you have to be able to do, and you'll kind of know you're there, if you can talk to other trusted people about it. Oh, yeah, okay, I get that. Yeah. That's a good step one. Step two, you have to make a commitment to yourself to do what you have to do to feel better. I'll, yeah, so if you want it, you got to be like, let's do it. Yeah, because I feel like it's pretty easy to kind of, I think what this is getting after is bypassing some taking care of yourself to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think when I'm like, I want to forgive and then just be done with it. But mm-hmm. apparently he's saying I have to forgive and then work, still work. It's like a progressive thing, not just a one and done. Well, and I think what's interesting is that um he says really explicitly that forgiveness is for you hmm. and you alone. It's not for anyone else. Huh. That's interesting. So I think it's important to talk about how with these nine steps, this is really only about you and your issues. This is, I mean, it's kind of about another person, but... Not, it's about you. Hmm. And so step three is that forgiveness does not mean reconciliation with a person that hurt you or saying that that action was okay. Okay. Uh, What you're after is to find peace. Hmm. Like personal peace. Yes. And so he's got a quote here. So he defines forgiveness, forgiveness as... Peace and understanding that come from blaming that which has hurt you less, taking the life experience less personally, and changing the grievance story. Hmm. I think I have a lot of personal baggage where I do take things like personally, like right away. Like I'm very sensitive to like, (gasps) and I, I feel that working on forgiving myself, forgiving other people, of like, no, people aren't just going around like, like taking pot shots at me all the time. Yeah, probably like, that's not. Probably not the case. So I can just let that go by working through forgiveness. And so part of step three is also being at peace, kind of like Dr. Ruth. 
Ooh. in spite of terrible things happening to okay. you. So you can be at peace. I feel like we always meet a lot of people where you're like, eh. <laughs> you're not at peace, are you? You're real <laughs> upset, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, step four, let the right perspective on, learn the right perspective <laughs> on what is happening. Recognize that you're, what's really, you need to recognize that what's really making you feel upset or distressing you is coming from your hurt feelings, your negative thoughts, and like the physical reactions that happen from your suffering. Hmm. It's not actually what offended you. Like huh. your hurt isn't necessarily that thing. It's your reaction that's hurting you. Yeah. So whether that was two minutes ago, five minutes ago, ten years ago, like you need to recognize like what is distressing you. Hmm. Like your worry or anxiety about Greg, you know, calling you stupid like 10 years ago. Yes. Like it's the anxiety. Like those are just his words and you're letting them eat you Mm -hmm. alive. And forgiveness is great because it helps you to heal your hurt feelings. Hmm. So step five. So recognize that you're feeling that at the moment you start feeling upset, practice some stress management technique to help soothe your flight or fight response. You know, I, it's interesting that you say that because I was reading about a book this past week called The Five Second Rule. Reading about a book. Um, yeah. It's not about. That's the, how I like to read about I, books Yeah, I know, right? Like, this is, what does the back say? Okay, cool. Um, It's The Five Second Rule is not about. Dropping food. Dropping food. But what it is about is that five seconds when you come into a situation that you have mentally to choose how you will respond. That's part of it, not the whole thing. But that's so. This kind of reminds me of that. You've got only five seconds. Only have, you basically your, your your brain only has five seconds to really like set you in the groove that you're going to yeah. end up going towards. So that's like this. So if something happens like between you and I, I basically have I have that that short period of time to process how I will react. Yeah. Um, being aware of that moment, that's the I think that's the key to all of this, and just kind of having that forgiveness. Yeah, that's a good that you, way to integrate that. You that. want to be forgiving kind of on on top of mind so when that does happen you can you know either fly off the handle like you know like you do or be not like you do but like y'all do well no i mean they're saying like recognize how you're feeling yeah yeah. you're gonna have fight or flight or one of those responses and it is possible to manage that there's basically a finite amount of time where you can manage that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. cool i like how everything's just coming together step six you ready for this one Mm -hmm. i feel like this is where people are gonna be like I'm out. Is it too hard or just too too hippy dippy? Well, okay, you ready? <laughs> you need to give up expecting things from other people. Oh. Or your life that they don't choose to give you. What? So you need to recognize the unenforceable rules you have for your health or how you or other people must behave. Ooh, that's a toughie. And so... In this step, I think what it's really saying is, like, you're responsible for your own crap. Mm-hmm. Like, other people are not responsible for making you feel better or your situation. It is all you. Yeah. Detach yourself from all of the extra expectations of what you put on people. Well, and this kind of makes me think of celiac disease. Mm-hmm. Like, so I have celiac disease. I can't eat gluten. And I think the one thing that helps me get through 
is like I don't expect anyone else to take care of me. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of helpful for me because some people I've met that struggle with it more, they are just hurt continuously because they expect that at work they'll have someone will have food for them or at church they can take communion or at a family reunion there will be mm-hmm. food for him, them. Mm-hmm. And like if you're always going on expecting all these things like you're kind of just going to be disappointed. Not that you shouldn't have hope. Yeah. But like expecting things so much that aren't there isn't going to. Yeah. It's your expectation that you put on other people is what ends up kind of causing suffering. Yeah. (laughs) And so here, like remind yourself that you can hope for health, love, peace, and prosperity. And you, you can work hard to get them. But that means I'm responsible for myself. Yeah. I don't want that. You know, (laughs) this is good stuff. Step seven, put your energy into looking for another way to get your positive goals met through the experience that's hurt you. Okay. So instead of mentally replaying your hurt, try to look at new ways to get what you want. Hmm. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Cool. Uh, Step eight, remember that a life. This one, like, I kind of hate this step, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I feel like this is, like... You lost me, Dr. Lutzkin. This is one of those quotes that, like... What's that horrible Something font Abraham that people Lincoln are using? Said, I don't know. That font that's, like... Like the wine lady font? Oh, yeah. Uh, remember that live, a life... laugh, love. When I say this, you'll know what I mean. Okay. Remember that a life well-lived is your best revenge. <laughs> uh, it's true. It's true, but it's definitely... It's true. You gotta... Let's find another way of saying it. Yeah. The best way to stick it to them. Is Revenge to- is a dish. Best served cold. Revenge is a dish. Best served with you on a cruise living your life. I, I hate the words put together, but I can't disagree. Because if you're, I think of the times where I'm mad at someone and like you kind of want them to be festering or suffering, but then you see them happy and skipping and you're like, hmm. In um, our Holy Bible scriptures it does say that being kind is like (laughs) being kind is like heaping hot coals on someone's head which is so funny to me it's like people say that as like oh it's this nice nice verse of like you know the real best you know the best thing is to be kind to people but it's not like be kind and be kind it's like be kind because you're gonna kind for the sake of kindness No, no 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 when you do it you're gonna put hot rocks on their face and i just think that's hilarious it's like you go bible that's that's fun stuff right there Okay. Uh, and then step nine, last but not least. I feel like this list is getting long. Sorry, guys. Are you going through a little like, wow, like how many steps are left? No, I am on the edge of my seat. <laughs> uh, I think I just have a short attention span. Well, get to it. Okay. <laughs> what are you doing? Forgive me. Uh, step nine. I forgive you, but you need to finish this list. <laughs> step nine. Amend your grievance story to remind you of the heroic choice to forgive. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's a cute one. Yeah. I feel like I'm not trying to believe. I think that that step is important, but I also feel like some words stand out to me. Grievance story. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that is definitely a thing. Yeah. It's like the narrative, the script that you make of what happened. And so rather than, and then the second set is, heroic choice yeah to forgive Mm -hmm. 
I feel like there's some, you know, grievances that I might have towards a person. And if I can look back on that is like, are there things I can change in that story? Um, not that what happened was not real, but like, how can I change that story to, if it's forgiveness is about myself, what can I do to change that story to help me be in a more healthy position? Yeah. And not, not, not disacknowledge or, you know, forget any harm or hurt, but like I said, how can I move on past that? Flip the script, change the narrative to, you know what? I forgave this. Mm -hmm. How would you put that on a wine lady poster? My grievance story ends in forgiveness. Oh, and a glass of shanty. What? What? Chianti. Chianti. <laughs> Port? Port? Let's be honest. It's going to be a Moscato. It's going to be a Moscato. My grievance story ends with a glass of red wine. <laughs> I'm not knocking it because I really want some Moscato. We have something downstairs. We do. We have like a red wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, I know that was like the it, it's called red wine. I'm not saying it's generally <laughs> it's called table red wine. That might have been the longest list we've ever done. However, it might have been one of the best batches of content we've got. Like I really like what this guy's up to. Well, and if you search for some of his videos, he's abbreviated them to three steps or two steps. And he's got a ton of three or five minute clips if you just want to look some of them up. They're pretty good. For that TED Talk culture, he's got his videos. Dr. Luskin? Frederick Luskin. I keep wanting to say Luskin. The guy with the crazy hair. He's got crazy hair. And then I saw a video and he was sitting on a desk? Yeah. Like, it was weird. It was almost like he was a Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> like, he like with his legs just kind of sticking out and did a banjo. He just has talking. done so much good work. Definitely Muppet. I think he needs some coaching on how to be more cool. <laughs> but he's doing This such isn't a- the Stanford Cool Project. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, forgiveness is cool. And that was cool. Stephanie, what does it take away for you from this? You did all this research. It's all boiling down in your brain. You said it might be a silver bullet. What is your takeaway? Man, if you want to do one thing to make your life better, learn to be forgiving. Yeah. And don't do it for anyone else. Just do it for you. Yeah. I think mine would be learning to take a little bit more responsibility for when I'm angry at someone. I don't want to, um, you know, not have boundaries, but I know that when I come into an instance where I feel my heart go, (gasps) I have a matter of moments to really be aware of how to proceed, you know, and if I end up with a grievance script, figure out how to change that. Yeah. So. And I feel like it's really important to say that the next time we're at church and they're talking about forgiveness, we need to be like, tell me. <laughs> Tell me, yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> so you're saying it's more than just saying I forgive you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. More than I forgive you. This is good. How do you feel getting our first learn to like each other episode under our belts? Good. Good? It's great. <laughs> you're like a regular Tony Tiger. Yes. Good work, babe. Well, thank you so much for listening to to learn to like each other a brand new podcast that you've never heard before um just so you know for the next week or so we will keep things up at the two p's locations we're working to switch that over and we want to make sure that everybody transitions safe and soundly um but uh yeah you won't have to resubscribe or anything we are right here for your ears every tuesday and um yeah stephanie i think i got do we wrap it up differently 
No, because no. you have the title now matches. We're this, so clever. SEO, yay. Yay. Well, thanks for listening to our show, and we hope, Stephanie, that you can learn to like each other very, 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 very much. much. Woohoo!